This Fab FM podcast is proudly brought to you by Bendigo Bank, Port Douglas and Mossman. Offering a full range of competitive banking products and technology you'd expect from a big bank with the personal service and care you'd expect from us. Furthermore, the Port Douglas branch is now excited to announce its brand new location at the Saltwater Building, Shop 9, 26 to 30 Macrossan Street. Bendigo Bank, the better big bank. First of all, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Port Douglas has made me beautifully welcome. Yes, and now you're here with your husband. I am. Uh, your lovely husband. He's a nice bloke, isn't he? He's a good man. He doesn't say much, and I, I expect that he, <laughs> it'd be hard for him to get a word in with, with you around, and I say that with greatest respect. I am definitely the fire, and he is the my rock. That's definitely the relationship in metaphors. Now, you keep people, and this is an understatement, healthy, wealthy, and wise. That's the goal. Mm. So it's inside and outside, Paul. So my mission in life is to help us become the best version of ourselves we could possibly be. And that doesn't mean making it look good on the outside, but it can but it's feeling wonderful, self-love, self-appreciation and compassion within as well. And I think that matters probably more. Remy, you couldn't have come at a, at a more opportune time because we're going through with COVID. You've got so many people who are taking their own lives, Yes. people who are depressed. I must admit, I'm just nearly over it. And I yeah. think most of Australia are over it. So... At this time when we need to deal with life, and it can be difficult, we could have a business that is going bust. Yes. There are people who are going through all sorts of, of angst and, and, and terrible things in their lives. I think this is probably the best time for people to find their best them. Yes, it is. And it's probably the hardest time to find it. It's a lot easier to find our best selves when there's some smooth sailing. Yes. But to hit a storm and find our best selves, and keep it, and maintain it, and do the same for everyone else. That is a really tall order, Paul. That's a real challenge. And I also believe in some ways we've prepared ourselves for this mentally and emotionally, or we didn't. And what I mean by that is who we were emotionally before this is going to be magnified during this. So crises bring out a lot of what we've been developing within ourselves and cultivating and nurturing and focusing on. So in the tough time, when, when it hits the fan, our nature that we've been cultivating is what shows up. And that can be really confronting for people. And that isn't me blaming anyone or judging anyone. But sometimes if we've lived a life saying avoiding challenge, avoiding facing resilient moments, maybe not developing the emotional uh, fitness we need for a tough time, we're not prepared for the tough time. So now we've got to get prepared for the tough time because we're stuck in this, I think, for another two, three, four years. So how do we do that? First, we need to face, which I've done, how am I facing this? Because I have found this challenging. And this is what I do as a profession, Paul. And I've had tough times. So I've had to really, for me, and I'm best at, giving myself as an example rather than telling anybody else how to live. That's definitely not my comfort zone. But for me, I've had to really reflect on where have I found myself wanting emotionally, mentally during this time? Where am I letting myself down? Where are the areas that I need to get support from others or learn how to approach my own relationship with myself differently? And there was a couple of areas I really struggled with. It was isolation from my friends and my family. 
So how am I going to nurture myself when I feel alone? So I've needed to learn that muscle. And the second was my feeling of lack of productivity. That's ridiculous. I did a master's during the first part of COVID, but I still felt if I wasn't out there and doing things and being busy and finding a way forward, then somehow I wasn't being all of me. That's nonsense. I am all of me and productivity, the human doing me, is not all of me. So there's been a lot of pulling back in and reflecting on myself and how I'm being with myself without the busyness to keep me distracted. Yes. That's been my journey. I think that's one of the major things that a lot of people have. People sometimes can't be alone because they don't like themselves. Yeah. But if you're on your own, and I'm, I'm a perfect person for being alone. I mean, I'm married now, newly married, and very happy. But I can also be on my own, and I'm good company because I like me. That's wonderful. You know, and, yeah. and, 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 and people need to find that self-love, I think. I, I know it's almost cliche, self-love, and mm-hmm. you've got all these self-help help books, and you've got uh, people like yourself, uh, you know, best-selling authors and, and podcasts and all of that. But, you know, if you, I, I think that that, and this is I'm being the amateur you now. Love it. Self-love is, I think, where it starts. There was a study done, you might know about this, years ago, and they brought people individually into a room like this, and there was nothing on the desk, just themselves in a sealed room. Have you heard about this study? And all that was in the room was a buzzer, and if you press the buzzer, it gave you yourself, you could give yourself an electric shock. Whoa. People were told, we'll come back into the room and be with you presently, just in the meantime, sit here. And they were told that buzzer gave themselves, administered themselves an electric shock. And the more you held it down, the bigger the shock. Most people couldn't last 15 minutes. They needed to distract themselves from the pain of being alone by pressing that button. Some people pressed it repeatedly rather than face just sitting with themselves. My goodness me. (laughs) That blows me away. Breaks my heart. Yeah. I can see you being emotional about It breaks that. my heart yeah. that that's where they're living right now within themselves. So you say you're comfortable within yourself. What a gift. What a precious thing. Most people in this study, I think it was something like 70% would rather hurt themselves than be with themselves. By the way, I can say that I haven't always been like that. And uh, I can pick the year 1996. I had a very bad breakup with somebody that I cared about and yeah. loved deeply. Yeah. And that was the first time actually I'd been in love. Uh, that feeling of, of, of somebody making your heart go quicker and all of that sort of stuff. And when uh, she said goodbye to me, it wasn't my choice. I, I just had to change everything and I I read a book called The Celestine Prophecy and The Celestine Prophecy I was going on a trip overseas to a friend's wedding and I can always remember going from London to Scotland and I was reading sections of this book and and saying oh my god that is me that is me I've got all these habits that I have that I just got to get rid of and I I cried a river on that train cried a river when I got to Glasgow um, you know I'd cried myself out but it was a great healing process and I then realized that I needed to start again you know the, yes. the plans had to be revisited yeah. and I brought some really good things into my life but one of the things that I had to do when I got back home was get rid of some friends in my life friends mm. who were negative people bringing me down and I had to go to those people and said look I'm going to send you off with love I'd learned that from the book um, 
<laughs> I'm going to send you off with love because I need to get some new friends. I need to get some positive friends. You guys bring me down every yeah. time I'm with you. So how important is it to have positive and wonderful people around you to give you those gifts of love? That's the conversation my husband and I, he's sitting here next to me, had this morning at breakfast. That's literally the conversation. I think it's vital. I cleared out my diary in 2003. And it was the people who, every time I got with them, were still complaining about their parents and their grown-ass adults. They were still blaming others or things or the times for, their, for who they're being. And I just had to clear it out. For some reason, I thought volume mattered more than quality. And it just doesn't. I, I have four dear people in my life who I can count on, who are steady and consistent with positive regard for me and who can accept positive regard from me. That's how stable they are within themselves. Isn't that wonderful? It's precious. That's it's so precious. So precious. To do that, we've got to start with ourselves to allow that in and be willing to give it out. And I think in tough times, sometimes, and this is sweeping generalization, Paul, like I'm summing up 8 billion people here. Some of us can close down during these times and not know how to rely on others or not know how to share a pain. Or we've never learned to attract in our lives people who can handle our vulnerability and our feeling of wanting to reach out. And that's a really painful recognition. And let's not blame anyone for that. Let's not blame the person experiencing it or how they were raised. Let's just accept at this moment, I've created a pattern in my life, as you experienced and I did, where I attract people who aren't good for my soul and aren't nurturing me or I'm not attracting people in my life who I can rely on, what is it within me I can turn to, as you did, you cried a river of tears and then made some changes, what is it within me that I can reflect on that would enable me to start approaching building relationships, firstly with myself and then with others in a healthier way? And there is so much around that. I've written books on that topic, how to do that, mm. because most of us are never taught the, we were saying yesterday, JP and I, this should be schoolwork. How to be yogic, which is how to experience unity within. How to sit with ourselves with love, compassion, positive regard and comfort. How to experience the world as a kind place that's working for us and not against us. Mm. How to be okay as challenges hit and things get really uncertain. They are not the things we're equipped with. Mm. Remy Pearson, we are chatting with her at the moment, best-selling author, a speaker, a life coach, everything, all wrapped up in one. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, and you were mentioning something there that, that is close to my heart, and that is schools, the education system. I see so many uh, kids coming out of school now who are closed, yeah. who are not open to yeah. all of this great stuff that they can have, that the universe can provide. We, As a light, yeah. we're fellow light warriors, I can speak to you about this. Yeah. Um, uh, being a light warrior, you go out and you just uh, be open with people, be friendly with people, um, join in. And look, you can, you can if people are not right for your life, you'll soon. I mean, I have radar that goes off. I just go, boom, not for me. Yeah. Send them off with love, love them, love them. Uh, but um, I think schools should be teaching what you are talking about now mm -hmm. so that we can Get kids out as light warriors straight out of school. And it's not a cult thing. It's just no. it's human behaviour. But we have so many kids now who can't put two words together. You ask them, you do try to do an interview with them. I don't know. 
Oh, you know, you <laughs> My know what favourite I mean? teenage answer. Oh, I don't know. Gee, I don't know. <laughs> I have no interest in that. Not interest in anything. Just the phone. Because to be interested is to take risks. There's mm. um, an amazing guy who did, a, who did a TED Talk that went off, and I'm going to do him a terrible disservice and not remember his name. So I stand on his shoulders with gratitude. He said most children through the school system have lost 95% of their creativity by the time they hit high school. Whoa. So 5% of it's left. That to me is a crisis. That to me is a crisis. We're so focused on learning the facts and not cultivating how to learn about ourselves and how to express it and how to trust it and how to make mistakes. Yep. If we could just be comfortable with taking the risks and making mistakes, all of my successes, huge generalization is built on I am willing to make a mistake and learn from it and not be too self-conscious about it. That's been a breakthrough learning for me, Paul. Do you relate to that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Remy Pearson uh, and her husband is here at the moment. Now, mm-hmm. I've got to ask, uh, you've been together 29 years? Is it 29? He's the keeper of the history. It is 29 years. 29 years. It's affirmed. <laughs> 29 years. How did you two meet? And and were you the Remy Pearson that you are now? Were you the positive Remy Pearson? Why, why are you looking across at him? You I- me, no, me, trust me, because I, well, firstly, my name was Sharon back then. How's that? So all my best-selling books are Hello, under the name. Hello, hang on a second. Yeah, you I know. Change your name. What I was, did. What was wrong with Shazza? There we go. <laughs> I like Shazza. So my parents gave me my name as an afterthought. So I went for the first 50 years with an afterthought as a name. Nothing wrong with the name. <laughs> right. And then at the age of 50, my husband and I were in Rome for a month and we came up with the name that I believe will suit my next 50 years. So I'm known as Sharon Pearson in the industry and in coaching, training and around the world in my podcast. Yeah, but you're Remy now. But I am definitely a Remy. Okay, well, you've avoided the question, how did you meet your husband? Oh, so we were flatmates. Ah. His flatmate moved out. And were you were you positive back in yes. those days? You were. Yeah. And what attracted you to him? Was it his him being positive as well? No, it was him being a rock and stable and consistent. Oh. I hadn't experienced consistency, Paul. He's very consistent for me. And it makes it much more freeing for me mm. to soar and be the fire that I am. I can relate with that with my wife, Marion. She is the rock. Love it. And if he turned into fire, I'd be very confused. Mm. Don't you think, JP? I'd, I'd find that a challenge, wouldn't you? It's if, oh, if, if Marion turned into that, I, I don't know what would happen. It, and there'd be so, an explosion. There'd be another... The Big Bang? There'd be another <laughs> Big Bang. You're not overstating that I'm at all. Esta- There's no, no hyperbole in anything you say, Paul. <laughs> no. um, but John is... JP is going through some of his own spiritual transformation oh, as well. Oh, good stuff. Good he stuff. He really is. And we, all, we, we continue to do it anyway, don't so. we? I mean, when people say, oh, it's all finished now. I've, no. I'm, I'm, I'm the perfect human being. <laughs> We, we continue to grow and we do change. You're not the Remy 10 years ago. You're no. the, I'm not the Paul of 10 years I'm ago. I'm not even the Remy then. I wasn't even Remy you 10 years ago. You weren't even the Remy then. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've really needed to monitor how I handle him going through his own morph, morph, morphing. Like as he's going through his own finding his own fire and creativity, I'm checking in on how I'm handling him growing into who he wants to be. Because I've counted on him being a certain way for so long and now he's changing that a little bit. So I'm really needing to check in. Again, when there's a challenge outside or uncertainty outside, check in on how we're handling it. Don't try and handle the uncertainty. Exactly. That's what I'm going through. And I always say to people, look, um, I... 
I respect your journey. And and I've often said to people, I'm sorry, your train doesn't stop at my station. (laughs) Well, it it doesn't. doesn't. We're we're on a different line. We're on a different spur. You're off over there. Nothing wrong with that. You're having a wonderful journey, but it's not my journey and I can't tell you how to have your journey. We're, We're here as individual people, I think, on a journey, individual journeys, the beautiful thing is we can all come together as like-minded people and enjoy all of that and, and enjoy each other as uh, human. You know, because this is the old space suit, isn't it, that it we're is. wearing? It's the carbon suit that yep. actually holds our spirit. Yep. To me, it's if we can cultivate within ourselves curiosity, openness, forgiveness of self and a willingness to trust our vulnerability is not a weakness but a strength, mm. we can handle uncertainty out there a lot more than if we think things have to be a certain way. There's something I'm working on right now, this idea that the smaller the range of what we're can, ex- what we willing to handle, expect or tolerate, the harder we f- feel life is. Mm. And I think during these times particularly, if we only have a narrow range, things have to go well, people have to be a certain way. Uh, life has to unfold. Certain economy, economic things have to happen. The government has to blah. If that range gets really narrow, we're probably going to experience suffering every single minute of every single day. Mm. So I'm starting to play with this getting late to the party here, Paul, but we need to expand the range of what we're willing to be okay with. That's, to me, spirituality. The broader the range of what we can surrender to and accept and embrace it is the less suffering we experience and the more of our joy we can bring to it. There's a a spiritual guy we're studying right now called Michael Singer and he says it took 13.8 billion years for this moment to unfold and you don't like it? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I love it. Michael Singer, eh? Yeah. I love his sewing machines too. My mum... My, my mum had one of them. It was fantastic. So he's an all-round guy. Uh, now, just as we wrap up, you guys are in Port Douglas. What the hell are you doing in Port Douglas from Victoria? And you've been up here for ages. So. I believe we're a cliche at this point, Paul. Oh, you're yeah. a cliche. I think we're a cliche. I did read in a paper, I think it was yesterday, anybody who got out of Melbourne and got here is staying and we're clogging up your system. So no, everywhere no, I not. hear... No, you're not. Look, you, you being here, that you'd be mixing with people and giving them some really positive stuff, I would suspect. Yes, you can suspect very correctly yes, there. I, I'm good at suspecting. <laughs> let's call it positive stuff, shall we? <laughs> yes. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, your ad- final advice to people listening to this podcast, um, if they're feeling down at the moment... Every day is a new, it dawns on a brand new day and a new new chance for us. Well, I love that. I am not a positive thinker. Yeah, I know. And I'm meant to be. Yeah, exactly. So I would love to have gone with your flow. And I I feel I've wrecked uh, your mojo just then. I'm not a positive thinker. I don't believe in being optimistic in the face of pain. If it's hurting, let it hurt. That's okay. (sighs) Validate every emotion you have. Every emotion you deny in yourself is an aspect of yourself you're denying. So if you're feeling pain of any sort, whether it be physical or mental, uh, allow that pain. Don't be positive. Hang on, hang on. There's another step here. Okay. Can I chuck in another step? Yep. So feel what you're feeling, but you can't sit in it. The emotion must go through you and pass. So if you're sitting in any single emotion for longer than a day, it's becoming a compulsion. And the compulsion is what's going to give you the unhappiness. 
So if you feel I'm going to be sad today because things haven't gone my way, rather than resolute, compassionate, find a way, determined. There are so many choices we can make in the face of a tough day. But if we stay in sadness or we stay in downness, or we de- that becomes compulsive and emotions can become compulsive. Yeah, but you say let it go through you, but yes. that might take two days to go through you. I'll, I'll, I'll give myself two days. Oh, Okay. So you'd give yourself 48 I, hours. I'm way too slow at it, though, <laughs> Paul. So the, the, the sages would say, let it go through you in that heartbeat. I'm still a work in progress. So I can sit in it for two days. But then there's choices I can make here. And if I can become more conscious to my choice, the more empowered I'm going to be Ooh. for this moment. I respect what you're saying, but I use a different technique. If I'm, if I'm down or sad or, you know, I'm grumpy or whatever... I use a little thing where I just click the old finger, uh, fingers, and it's kind of like... Some people snap a, yeah, yeah. a band on their I, wrist. I do the click the fingers yeah. into a new mood, Paul, yeah. and I try to be positive. So I, I own that pain for a very short yeah, time. Yeah, good for you. Way more enlightened than the person you're interviewing. I can Well, hang on. It- why aren't I a best-selling author? <laughs> What am I doing at Port Douglas at Fab FM? I should be a, I should be best-selling author. You just said I'm smarter than you. Well, no. Well, <laughs> smarter was a stretch. If you want that, I'll give it to you. But no, in no, terms no. of the process, I no. admire that. I I believe my journey of healing for me has, and we're both so different, my journey for healing has been getting in touch with my vulnerability and being intimate with it and not seeing it as a weakness. I understand. So to sit in it and be okay with it is really a gift to myself mm. because I've always rejected it. So your version of you would cause me pain because I used to do that to reject and suppress any negative emotions. No, I, I, I use it to get rid of it. Love it. Instant. Yeah. Instant. Yeah. Do you see the difference? I can see the difference, but you're saying that we're different. I don't think we are all that different. Probably just using different techniques. Yeah. That's all. But it all comes back to the fact of be a happy person. Try in your life to, you know, spread that happiness amongst other people. Yes. And try to give back. Yes. Ooh. That's it. That You've summed up this interview better than I could. Okay. For those people, and I'm interested now, I want to find out about your books. I want to find out about your, your websites and all that. What, what do people do if they want to contact you uh, or find your world? So I started the Coaching Institute 18 years ago. That's the most successful coaching training school in the Southern Hemisphere. I don't doubt it. So rock on there if you'd love to find out more about what we do. I can be reached at remypearson.com if you want to reach out to me. And my books are under the name Sharon Pearson. Last book came out under the old name Shazza okay. or Sharon Shazza. <laughs> Look, it's just been an absolute pleasure. To You're t- wonderful. T- Thank you for having me. Sight unseen. Knocked on your glass and you said yes. What a good man. Well, this is what the universe does. They, they work on these things. Now, you guys were talking about something we discussed today. The universe works in beautiful ways. It does. 13.8 billion years, Paul, to get to this moment. Let's embrace it. All right. Gratitude. Have have both of you have a wonderful gratitude rest. Gratitude to you. Gratitude to you. You're a good man. Thank you. You're a good woman. He's a good hubby. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs>